BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me, usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Nation? And back with us after a one-week hiatus, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, we have struggled through some uh, technological problems that I'm sure we will describe here in a moment, but I am fired up to announce that rejoining us after far too long, the Warriors beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who tends every single Warriors practice press conference shoot around and game and a dj who is yet to provide us a single beat despite promising it like at least three times mr connor laterno what's going on connor thanks for having me as always as far as the beat thing let me just say i haven't had enough time i mean quarantine's only been what like seven months yeah i mean give me some time look i wouldn't keep bringing it up if you didn't keep promising, like literally, I made this joke last time, and Maxime, tell me if I'm wrong, he made eye contact with us and was like, I will 100% be bringing a beat to the next show. And I 100% should have known that you're gonna bring this up. Yes, hell yes. Yes, uh, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna stop making promises. I was about to just say I'm gonna do it this week. I probably am not. Lies, wow. lies. So I'm gonna avoid lying again <laughs> and uh, just pretend like I never said any of that. MT, how would you describe the last 45 minutes of us trying to get this podcast to work? Fine. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, just for some context here, we're at my swelteringly, swelteringly hot apartment in Alameda. We have two fans blasting us in my kitchen. Um, we're pretty much dying of heat stroke. On top of that, the uh, computer is not working, partly because it's overheated, right? I think so, yeah. I think my computer is also dying of heat stroke. Yeah, long story short, we got a bunch of people in the hottest room on earth and then couldn't hit record, but we've hit it now, so we are off and running, and gentlemen. We've got one hell of an episode today. We're going back to what I'll call an old new segment. We called it Grab Bag. The idea is old, man, um, but its application is new. Basically, I'm gonna throw a bunch of directly Warriors relevant questions towards all of us, but in between those, we'll sprinkle in some completely irrelevant, random as hell, somewhat 
basketball related questions. And the game plan today is even more specific, Connor. So I'm going to admit to you, I've been stalking you. Not unusual. I always stalk you. I read Thanks, all of your man. pieces. Yeah, well, I've got your the stalking. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got your pack. And in this instance, stalking means reading. Yeah, I'm not like hiding yeah, in your garbage. I guess I can. want. Uh, everyone to stalk me. Okay. Well, then there right, you go. So. I mean, I'm just was just trying to be funny, and we're getting caught up on the wrong word. What I'd like to tell you is, I have been reading your work and noticed that recently you have spent an unbelievable amount of time jumping down the Warriors' options at the 2020 draft with the second pick. So we are going to be taking advantage of that knowledge. Most of my on-brand, on-basketball questions will be draft-related, and I'll start with this one. So. After doing all this research, after talking to some of these players, after attending the virtual draft combine, give us your top five players for the Warriors. So I'm not asking yeah. top five in talent. I'm not asking how they'll go in the draft. Yeah. If, if you were Bob Myers, what would your board look like? In order? Yep. That's a good question. Um, I, would, I would have Anthony Edwards number one. Um, and I know that he's polarizing in a lot of ways. He was inefficient at Georgia. He has question marks about his his effort level, but the thing about him is he's just so physically gifted. I'm confident that if he's put in the right system, that he will be not just a good NBA player, but potentially a perennial All Star. We're talking about someone who has Dwayne Wade like skills. I'm not saying he's gonna be Dwayne Wade, but he has that type of skill set. Um, and I think the Warriors would be a perfect situation for him. I think the off the ball movement, the cutting, the rim running. Um, I think he would be great. Um, so if I'm the Warriors and he's available at number two, and I, as I've said many times before, I take him, I call it a day, I move on. Uh, number two, then it starts to get a little bit hazier. There's a lot of guys that, in my mind, are kind of similar ability levels, so it's kind of more a preference thing. Pretty big gap? Um, in terms of physical tools, like athletic ability and probably overall upside, I would say yes. I think that... Uh, LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards probably have the highest upside. I think that uh, Anthony Edwards has the best chance of reali realizing that upside. I'm actually not a LaMelo Ball fan. He probably won't even be in my top five today. Um, number two, I would actually say Denny Avia out of um, out of Israel. He's a guy who reminds me a lot of Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he's kind of a point forward type, could be a really good secondary ball handler. I think has a lot of potential defensively. He's only 19 years old, has played at a high level in the EuroLeague. Um, and I, I really like his fit. I think he can cut off screens and move off the ball and, and be a good fit. So I would put him number two. Uh, number three, I would say Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. Uh, he's a guy who's really versatile. He could uh, be a secondary ball handler, maybe even a, a true backup point guard for you while, while Steph's around, but also play off the ball because he's a good shooter, super efficient at Iowa State. Let me um, point out no notes here. This fool Connor, I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm talking to like Rain Man. I feel like I just dumped a bunch of toothpicks on the ground and I'm watching you count them amazingly. You have spent some time on this. But no, I mean, I've, it's yeah, literally I your is all I've thought about. Just saying, I was impressed. You're fighting off heat man. and computer problems and us staring at you kind of awkwardly on this close setting. So no, go, go ahead, man, at the risk of interrupting your flow. Yeah, no, and I, I think he has a lot of potential defensively too. He's got a, a crazy long wingspan. I, I think he, he fits the locker room ethos too. He's a, a good character dude. So I, I would go him number three. Uh, number four, I'd probably go Devin Vassell out of Florida State. He's uh, he's arguably the best defender in this draft. It's probably between him and Isaac Okura out of Auburn. Um, he was a high-level defender for a very good team at Florida State. And I, I think he's 
Uh, got a lot of potential offensively, too. He's a really good knockdown shooter. Shot really high percentages. Uh, I think over 40% from three last season for that good Florida State team. Um, I'm not sure he's a guy you want to take it to, but it, but if they trade back, I think to the 5-10 to 10 range, he would be awesome. Uh, but I really like his fit. Um, number four... Uh, then, it, then it starts to get a little hazier because, you know, the guys I just named are the guys I personally am really high on for the Warriors. Uh, outside of that, um, this I think... five. I you gave think, me oh, Edwards, Avija, Halliburton, five. Vassal. Uh, five, I would go... Uh, I'd go probably Isaac Okoro out of Auburn just because he's so good defensively. I think, and we've talked about this before, I think that defense specifically perimeter defense needs to be the Warriors priority that's a huge gaping hole I'm not sure they're going to be able to fill it in free agency I'm not sure they're going to be able to fill it with the trade exception um, they need someone that can kind of fill that Andre Guadalla role they need someone who they can feel confident who's going to defend the best player on the floor night in and night out Isaac Okoro is so good defensively that I actually think he could potentially fill that role as a rookie, which is super wow. high praise. That's how good he is defensively. He is a lot leaves a lot to be desired offensively. Um, he's not a great shooter. He's really good athletically, but um, you know he brings so much defensively that I, I would I would take a flyer on him. Boys, hearing that list, Edwards, Avija, and I know I'm saying that wrong, but I have a long and historic and storied history of just screwing up names on this, so it's okay. So long. Yeah, Edwards, Avija, Halliburton, <laughs> Vassal, Okoro. Of those five, is there one that immediately sticks out to you? For me, it's Avija. Um, which, and actually, I want to go back to that because, in general, when you have more than like a couple consonants did in a row, right? I start to get confused. Did you say right? You did. Ugh. I did. Ugh. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I go back and forth because I've I've watched videos. Oh, so I may have said it right. I think we have all said it right. Oh wow. Today. Okay. Did you hear uh, that, MT? Because I heard your condescending take over there, and it turns out I may have been <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to say every pronunciation was right today. Um, <laughs> yes. That's fine. I'll take that. Wait till so why, why are you honest. high on him? <laughs> you shut up, MT. Wait, but what did you say? Why, he said, wait till he says Giannis, and there you go. I oh still knocked out of the park. Is he in the draft? <laughs> also, I noticed that you didn't say Maxime Stinnett in your top five, and I, here I am declaring for the 2020 uh, NBA draft. Um, <laughs> okay, hard so, pass. Wow. Real hard pass. Why do You're you want well eligibility, man. What, <laughs> why do you want a Vija? Look, this is not a particularly loaded draft, and I think we would do ourselves a good service to not try to look for somebody that's going to completely deliver on day one and i mean i'm known on this pod for not being somebody that spends a lot of time looking at college ball so like i'm not the best source of information on this one but from my understanding he's somebody that can add value over the longer term um he's sort of the mix of somebody that provides some value now in his first season and also some value over the long term and i'm really interested in that sweet spot because i want to be able for us to have something after you know, after we sort of taper off from this sort of prime era of Stephen Clay, um, but not have somebody that's so dead weight that he's not going to add value in this next we season. We want someone to be able to pass the baton. Um, and I mean, the guy I want, and we're going to ask about it, is Edwards. But if I'm being honest, I don't think it has anything to do with him. It has to do with that I don't think they can get him, and you always want what you can't have. Right. Every, I mean, people keep telling me he's going number one. I've I assumed mean, from there's the beginning more and more buzz that Minnesota is serious about Lamar trading Ball. it. Or, I've heard that uh, today I heard or read something that they they were also interested in trading out for yeah. the number one pick for a win now player, which screws the Warriors. There's a lot of reports coming out right now that none of the top teams are interested in Edwards seriously, including the Warriors, which goes against my reporting. I don't. It, a lot of this draft reporting is fascinating because there's so many people in a front office, and I think a lot of these draft guys talk to the lower level scouts. Understandably, they're easier to talk to, easier access. 
they don't make the decisions. Okay, like the the high the high level decision makers, the 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 Bob Myers, the Mike Dunleavy Juniors, the Joe Lacobs, those are the ones making the final call. And so you really need to be thinking about what their priorities are, not what scout number five is thinking. They they call that uh, a backhanded slap of anybody else who's reported differently and nicely handled Connor. But before we get too far down this rabbit hole, MT, give us your take. So I want Edwards. Uh, we've got an Avija pick of these top five. Who speaks to you? Um, I think of the five that Connor listed, it was I was more surprised by the, the players he didn't list. Um, but I would I think he's too high to go at number two. But Isaac Okoro is somebody who stands out. Um, he reminds me of kind of like Matisse Teibel, who was drafted last season and just a really, you know, great defensively and has a lot of work to do on his offensive game. Uh, but I was just more surprised that if you didn't hear Wiseman or Toppin in at least your top five. And I've, I've seen a lot of mock drafts. And to Connor's point, those people aren't as dialed in to the Warriors thinking as he is. So take it with a grain of salt. Careful. But. I'm surprised. If you say either Wiseman or something that rhymes with it, Connor might tell you to go f*** yourself. I, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I wasn't surprised that I didn't see that in there, only because I listened to our podcast, you asshole. We know that he doesn't like Wiseman. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, yeah, but he, he reports and he listens to what they're saying. So, you know, like he's going to report on what he thinks the Warriors want to do, too. And they're you know, not going to take a big one man. with a big wingspan is still an intriguing prospect. I'm telling you right now, they will not take a big man in the draft. I've, no, I No doubt they are taking a wing. So I, you. I will spoil the ending. I have some Wiseman questions. So we'll we'll keep Wiseman in pocket. And instead, what I'm going to do is follow up on Edwards. Because I thought that you might put Edwards at the top of this list. And I, here's the first question I wanted to ask you. So we've alluded to it. There's... There's insinuations. There's, there's, you know, perhaps unsourced rumors out there that Minnesota might not take Edwards, that he yeah. might fall to the Warriors. Yeah. So two questions right from the start. One, do you think that's a real possibility? And two, if it happens, how much of a windfall is that for the Warriors? I mean, is, is this a huge deal or not really? Because the one thing we've heard over and over again about this draft is that there isn't that one player who's better than everybody else. Right, right. Um, that's an interesting question. And honestly, my opinion on that is evolving. Um, I think that there's a, there's, there is a decent chance, and by decent I mean I'd probably put it in like the 25 to 30% range that Edwards does not go number one. And I think the likeliest scenario would be that Minnesota trades the pick to someone that really wants ball, yep. um, like like the Knicks or something like that. I think that that could very well happen, um, and then Edwards is available. The thing is, Edwards, if he is drafted number one, will be probably the most flawed number one draft pick since Anthony Bennett mm-hmm. out of UNLV in 2013. He didn't have a good career. Uh, no, he's an unemployed 27-year-old who can't even get like an overseas offer at this point. So, no, I would say he, he did not have a good career. Um, Edwards, just because of his physical skill set, will, will have a much better career. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, there are questions about his, abil- his ability to contribute to winning. He's never been on a winning team. I think, honestly, people put too much stock in that. If you look at his situations in Georgia and his high school he didn't have anyone around him either place. I mean, no matter how good you are, if you're going against elite level competition, you're not going to win games. LeBron never won a single game in college, right? I mean, <laughs> having, having never gone, but we can't immediately look to the team in college to predict what the hell is going to happen in the league. I feel like that's that's preposterous. Here, let me give you a more focused over under three and a half. How many All Star games will Edwards have in his uh, over his career? Do you take the uh, over or the under? Under. I, I I don't think he's. I think he's kind of like an 
an Andrew Wiggins type. Um, I think he's going to have a good NBA career. I think he's going to be flirting with some some all-star game invites. I don't think he's going to be a perennial guy. Um, and honestly, there probably will be someone else in this draft that's a perennial guy. I just don't know who it is. I mean, this, this is such a wide-open draft. Um, but uh, to answer your, your other question, if he does fall to number two, I think that the Warriors will be excited. I don't think they will be giddy. I mean, there's other guys I think they like almost as much, but as uh, as Edwards, and I think they have some reservations about Edwards. But given just his 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 physical makeup, I just don't think it's something you can turn down. No one else has his tools in this draft. Let's uh, zag now that we've zigged towards basketball. So time for a random question, gentlemen. Bad news. The purge is real. You now have to survive 12 hours. And for those of you who have never watched the movie The Purge, the simple hook is this. Um, We are in a not-so-distant future in the United States, and our government, in their infinite wisdom, has decided one of the ways that they could defuse crime is that over a 12-hour period once a year, All crime is legal, murder, robbery, anything you can get away with for a 12-hour period. So, like I said, gentlemen, bad news or good news, I guess, depending on your personality type. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. The purge is real. You have to survive it for 12 hours. Other good or bad news, again, depending on how you view it, you get an NBA player to uh, help you through it. And to me, this breaks down into two separate questions, right? Because I can see some similarities between this and our zombie question, this and the bank robbery question. Here's the distinction. The first question to me, what you really have to decide is, how are you spending the purge? Who are you, right? For example, I'm a huge pussy, huge pussy. If there's a 12-hour period where crime is completely legal. What a shocking statement. Okay, I'm not trying to shock you. I'm just being fucking real, and I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide like you have never seen through those 12 hours. So what I need is somebody who's a deterrent. I'm not going out there. I don't need someone to protect me. Like if it was a zombie apocalypse, I'm not living for 12 hours. I have my entire life ahead of me. I'm going to have to leave the house. I'm going to have to like forage for supplies. There's all types of things I'm going to need this NBA player for. Not now, right? What I need now is to hide in the house for 12 hours. Boys, my guy is peak level Shaquille O'Neal. Now here's my thoughts. There's a chance that Shaquille could be a softie. Someone actually breaks into the house, I might be asked out. He might not actually like to fight. He kind of lost a fight to uh, Charles Barkley during his career. So really what I want is someone who looks intimidating. Someone when the purges are out there looking through the window are like, oh my God, is that is that Shaquille? I'm not going in there. So that's my guy. You know, I, I need somebody in that vein. If I was actually need someone to, to go outside, I'm talking... I don't know, like a Sean Marion, like somebody who's a little, little bit more vicious, perhaps someone who's a little bit more flexible, you know, can get out and, and really fight for me. So Shaquille O'Neal's my guy. Who do you guys have? Um, I'm going to go with Matt Barnes. Um, Start off. What are you doing during the purge? Give me that answer first, because with Matt Barnes, I feel like you might be like robbing a liquor store or something. Which, look, no, yeah, good for you. That's fine. With, I mean, you're getting want, out of the house. I want someone you're who getting out like is a loyal dude who's gonna. It, you know, if someone tries to pick a fight with us, is gonna bash some heads in and not 
really have any remorse. Uh, Are you but also the house? be But also do a really good job of, you know, sticking with me and, and protecting me and, and having my back. And I, I think that Matt Barnes is, like, the definition of just, like, your guard dog NBA player. You're 100% right, but I got to tell you, I'm worried because it sounds like you're just going to be wandering the streets during the purge. Huge mistake. Even Matt Barnes would be like, look, I'm not f***ing doing that, man. Like, at least have a plan. We got to head somewhere. No, we're going somewhere, but we Where might... Where are you going? We That's might, what I'm asking you. We might encounter obstacles on the way. I haven't seen the purge, so... Uh, so, well, I mean, so if, if you had... I'm trying to, like, pretend here. If there was 12 hours, you could do anything. Would you hide, or would you get out and about and try to take advantage of I no I get out no and loss? about, man. Okay, there you I want to live life. I want to experience things. <laughs> so, really, what you'd want to do... not a pussy. I'm like you just want to go here. out there and just watch murders happen. You're just you're just a murder tourist, basically. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Maybe we'll kill some people. It'll be so, great. we already knew that I was a pussy. It turns out that Connor's a sicko... Uh, uh, Maxime, Marcus, where are you guys on this? I'm going to go with the mailman, Carl Malone. So I think he is big enough and intimidating enough, and those elbows are sharp enough that he can protect me. But he's also got a heavy accent. He will wear a cowboy hat <laughs> and is black and will definitely throw people off. And he's found a way to survive kind of in that lifestyle and in, in that culture outside of it. So I just feel like, you know, like he's got some guns and we'll just hide out until the purge is over and then we'll be good. When I said purge, did you think I said country music video? <laughs> I feel like there's Wait. been, between the two of you, like, am I the only one answering this goddamn I'm just, question? I'm just, I'm just confused by why, like, accent is something that you, like, use as criteria in your answer here. Does he have an accent? I don't feel like he has a... like, rural Louisiana. Yeah, but it's not... When you said that, I felt like Lithuanian or something. Like, I'm not... He's got that little twang, and when he was talking on The Last Dance and, you know, talking about it, it was just like, oh, yeah, Carl Malone has got some country in him, and I just... I want that on my side. Here's what you guys don't know. What Marcus is doing with his 12 hours is going to an accent competition. So he is... He has an... And at that accent competition, they will be throwing elbows left and Right, so he has picked the perfect person. So f both of you. Right, well, and that's actually um, the plot for the Purge Three is they just completely divert into uh, accent. You know, he hasn't seen any of these. Oh, Don't confuse bad. Connor, man. So he's he's, he's totally so left out now. So my deal is, uh, um, in thinking about this, the the closest analog that I've had where I've actually gotten to experience some of this viscerally is Grand Theft Auto. And oh, so I what love I'm, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it's such a fun game. And, um, as an aside, uh, Natalie asked me, "This is my wife." What um what games I would play if I had an Xbox? And I was like, for sure, Grand Theft Auto. And she said, we are not playing that in this house. So I get to live vicariously. Wow, is she, is she going to be that mom someday who's, who's yes. like barring the video yeah. games? This is the beginning of the end. Why would you add the the power to? Of course, she's going to be able to do that with her kid <laughs> if she's doing that to her husband, dude. No doubt at all, at all. But here it is. Um. What I want to be able to do is fully entertain myself because let's face it, it's a flip of a coin whether or not I survive this thing, right? <laughs> like I don't have any specific gifts and like all things considered, like neither do most NBA players in surviving a purge. So what I want to do is hook up with Robin Lopez, cruise to Disneyland and at least go out with a bang. So a couple of things, right? Either he's probably got all the best hiding places, just period. Right? So, like, we could probably hide out for 12 hours in Disneyland and still have a great time. Like, still really entertain ourselves. 
Or Do you feel like the Disneyland rides would be running during the purge? I don't need the rides, man. There's all sorts of creepy shit. Like, you, Some I of those like, rides are the purge. <laughs> yeah, like it's a small world, you know? Like, okay, all you so it turns out the switch, I'm like, the only oh. person who's seen the purge. <laughs> I feel like that's what I've learned throughout the, the course of this question. <laughs> I love his answer, though. It would be a great time, right? 12 hours is just like, it's sort of like the best paintball arena that you've ever seen. Except instead of paintball, it's real life bullets and it's, it's terrifying. Hunger Games, basically. Right. Yeah. It's the best Hunger Games arena that you could ask for. <laughs> I can I, guarantee Bram is not expecting Accent Carl Malone and Robin Lopez at Disneyland as the answers <laughs> for this. <laughs> oh my God, no. Okay, wait a minute. The first two, like, so I go through and go like, all right, what I really want to hear is you guys telling me what you're going to do with the purge. Connor doesn't give that to me at all. Marcus doesn't give that to me at all. And then Maxime's answer is I'm going to Disneyland. I didn't know. Did, did I see this coming? I did not. But that's the beauty of Grab Bag and Connor. We veer right back towards a basketball question. Ooh. So, some background. Um, Connor had access to the virtual combine. Normally, teams, media, everybody gets to meet the draft picks in person and ask them questions in a pandemic for very obvious reasons. That's impossible. This year, they had a virtual one, so Connor met them over Zoom. And Connor, we're going to revisit a familiar segment. It is called the Off the Court Report. So Yes, we, it's been way too way long. Way too long, man. man. Absolutely way too long. The idea is that you have access that we do not. In this instance, that access is obvious, man. You were at the virtual combat, so I will shut up. You give us a story from that experience. Yeah, so keep in mind, like, you know, this isn't like an all-access thing, uh, you know, the way a lot of these stories go, but because we are in quarantine and uh, we're, there are certain restrictions on the reporting, um, during the virtual combine, basically, players were given the option whether or not they want to talk to media. Only, like, a handful of the top guys were willing to talk to media, one of them being uh, LaMelo Ball, so of course I was on that Zoom call with him, um, and I was very intrigued by what his approach would be because I it just seems like there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of what he does, and so I uh, I, I get on the call and I'll be honest with you I'm just gonna be totally blunt here, maybe the worst group interview I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Wow. Uh, he he. Either he had no idea what he was doing in terms of answering these questions, or he just got the worst advice ever from his agent. Because, like, you know, a lot of the people on this call are beat writers from different teams, and so the main thing they want to know is, like, have you talked to X team? Have you talked to my team? What's up? Like, do you, what, how would you fit? Blah, blah, blah. Like, some really basic questions. So he gets these questions about, you know, the top teams, Minnesota, Golden State, what have you. And his answer repeatedly was I don't know. <laughs> so have you talked to the Minnesota Timberwolves? I don't know. Was he given all those? What do you mean you don't know? Interviews blindfolded maybe? I mean do he did he give some interviews? Like like what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> like you were there or you weren't. So you would know whether or not you were there or you weren't there. Do, well that's a serious question. Does he maybe he doesn't know? How do, how do they I honestly can't tell if it was just like horrible advice or if he is honestly just that spacey. Like he because other questions he answered, his answers were so sophomoric in a lot of ways, where it's like there's just not a lot going on here. What's like, the move? I, and I, let me just say one more thing: if I I've I've written and I've said many times, the Warriors are not going to draft a mobile. That brief interview reinforced why I believe that, which is the Warriors are a smart organization. There are there is 
tens of millions of dollars on the line in terms of contracts for these guys, you are not paying a guy that kind of money who gives that kind of interview. Like, honestly, I don't care what your leg is a basketball player. At the end of the day, it's still a job interview. Like, you still need to show up and be professional and know what you're doing. And if you can't do the basic stuff, no, I'm not investing in you. So I'm what do not. you do as a media member then? So your job is to hear the question, ask a follow-up. He gives you what's very obviously ridiculously wrong answer. Do you guys just have to, okay, he's been given bad advice, just move on to the next question? Does somebody call him out on how could you not know? I mean, what what happens next in that Well, scenario? it was kind of tough because, you know, there's like a moderator who's like, who's like, you know, divvying up the questions to different reporters. So you couldn't really get a multiple questions in you weren't supposed to ask multiple questions so some people followed the rules and just okay i guess that's your answer and then a couple people like still interjected and were like wait what and then he was still like i don't know when you entered into that conversation before he started firing off the asinine i don't know were you expecting that i mean like did you have kind of a preordained thought on who Lamelo was and did he then solidify your thoughts on who he was i didn't I'll, I'll be honest i didn't have high expectations i've watched yeah. interviews with him before um i'm not saying the guy's dumb he's just not he's just not good at articulating himself those are different things yeah. you know different skill sets he's he's just not very articulate and if you even ask him to like describe a play that he did like a highlight from a game in australia he can't do it it's like what were you thinking here i don't know <laughs> Well, he doesn't even but know who's talking it. to him. I mean, if, if he doesn't like, know what players are interviewing or what, what teams are interviewing So him. my point being, my expectations were not very high. Yeah. You know, that being said, he more than underwhelmed, given how, even given how low my expectations were. Understood. Uh, and Wes Goldberg and I texted afterwards and we're like, oh, my God, that was brutal, man. <laughs> That sounds particularly brutal. I, this is this is reminding me of something. In the uh, the last presidential election, I thought that there might be a chance that that Trump was actually intentionally tanking um, in order to get himself into the White House, right? Because he'd like donated to yeah. Clinton and stuff, and so it's like maybe he was gonna then. Turns out that wasn't right, um, and he was just as dumb as I expected him to be. And then on the other hand, there seems to be like let's take Bob Myers as an example, right? A lot of smoke screening being thrown up about the NBA draft. And I'm wondering, where, where are we on the spectrum? Is there any chance that Ball actually is smoke screening or is he full on Trumpian? For what, why? To move out of Minnesota? To move, like why Why try to draft, drive this? Like honestly, this, I don't have an answer. I'm really trying to just give him any benefit of the doubt here. This dude sounds like a complete moron. Um, I, I, I don't think he's, he's like that much of a mastermind, but I also think that it might end up working for him. Like, he might be the number one pick in the draft. It's possible. You're saying in spite of all of this, yeah. he might end up going Yeah, because there's some really poorly run franchises out there. Um, now, that being said, he could end up being a really good player. I that I that Even if he ends up being a perennial all-star, I will stand by the fact that if I was the GM of the Timberwolves, I would never take him number one. He's the name who's seemingly thrown around as the highest ceiling. He's the guy who, if we were trying to pick out somebody who might be a franchise player, I'm not saying he's going to be, but what I've been reading as far as hype, it's Ball whose name is thrown around as, as possible I mean, you've watched his highlights, player. right? No, I'm not. I'm not sold on him at all. He, and but be, he does things that no one else can yeah, do. I right. mean, I get, I get the wow factor. I mean, he does things that are insane. But to me, it's just he's not a complete player at all. And in the NBA – you need to be a complete player. You need to be able to do it all, at least at a proficient level. 
he is he has glaring holes in his game. He doesn't speak immediately to me because he would need his the ball in his hands to contribute to the Warriors, and for very obvious reasons, we have a backcourt that can contribute immediately. And if he's coming off the bench, his principal score or his principal ability wouldn't be scoring. He's a distributor, right. and what we need is scoring from the bench, not a distributor from the bench. Right. So I can see his upside. I can't see his upside as a Golden State Warrior. But let me yeah. flip this, and let me talk to you about Avija. It's your opinion that I desperately want, but I'm going to round into it. We're going to make our way up to it. If the Warriors used the number two pick in the 2020 draft on Denny Avija, would you guys be disappointed? Is it an overreach in your mind, given the research you've done? MT, give me your answer first. It's Avija. They don't move back. They take him at two. Disappointed? Yeah, because I, I, I just would have hoped we would have packaged the pickup with somebody else and brought in a more established player. Mm-hmm. I think um, of players who can contribute right away in the spots that we need it to Connor's earlier point of just defensive wings, um, you know, that he just doesn't fit that bill well enough. So I'd, I'd be disappointed if we spent that high of a pick on somebody who's not going to contribute right away in an area that we need. He, he'll probably be a good player and, you know, I think the Luca comparisons are a little off, but um, I would be disappointed. I, I'd want and hope that Bob Myers and team would find a way to package that pick, even though it doesn't seem like many teams find it that attractive, but still package it and bring in some other players. I'm bad at change, which has been obvious thousands of times. And when we first talked about Denny um, in this draft, all of us were talking about a back, you know, half of the draft guy. Eight, nine, somewhere around there. Like, if they move back there, that's where they should get him. So to take him at two, only because I'm bad at change, I'd be disappointed. It feels like, no, why? exactly what you said, MT. If, if that's who we're going after, why not bring in another asset that couples him, um, that, you know, brings in two, uh, two birds with one stone kind of a deal? Yeah, but the thing about it is this draft is so incredibly fluid, mm-hmm. and I think it's even more fluid than maybe the average. Should we be disappointed? So give me your response. They take him at two. No, I don't think he should be. Um, I think he would be a really good asset, uh, both short and long term, for the Warriors. I think I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's a, there's a reason why I put him number two on my board. Um, and honestly, that aligns with a lot of what I'm hearing from the Warriors. I do think he might be number two on the Warriors board. Um but that being said, like he's he's a guy who um, he's a guy who is he's not going to be Luka Doncic, but he 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 could be Danilo Gonnard. And when there's so much in flux, there's so much out there. I'm happy with someone like Dan- Danilo Gonnard. I think his floor is actually incredibly high. Um, I, I think a lot of people look at him and they think he's 19. He's a long-term project. He's actually not. He he played meaningful minutes in the second best league in the world. That is not an easy thing to do, at all. He I mean he was on he was on a team with Amari Stoudemire, several other former NBA players like Tyler Dorsey and Tariq Black and these guys. Like he's been around the block and he played on that team for three years. That is no small feat. But I mean, as far as um, as far as your as what Marcus was saying. I think that he, I think that in an ideal world, yeah, you you get another asset. You get him and you get another asset in an ideal world. But if they decide, if the Warriors decide, we really want Denny, like if 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 you're looking at a trade down to five, there's no guarantees he'll be there at five. There's there aren't. I I think it. I think that on draft night, it's going to be fascinating because I think that some of the guys we've been talking about forever are going to slide. Like, don't be shocked if Wiseman slides. Don't be shocked if. 
even Lamella ball slides, maybe even Anthony Edwards. Like, it is so much more in flex than mm-hmm. anyone even realizes that, like, if you have someone you really like, just take them. And to your just point, if they've really identified Denny as somebody you can add to this roster and they got to take him at two and it means they don't add the second round pick that they could have added if they moved back, that's fine. You know, that, that's the kind of thing that you can right. skip out on to make sure that your team reaches the level that you'd like it to reach. Um, let me ask you this, and I'm going to flip back to ridiculous because I'm anxious to ask this one. I'm going to call this one the Space Jam. So, gentlemen, you get to steal the skill set of any NBA player of all time, and you get to then use that skill set for a full game. What player would you pick? Can I jump in first here? Because I've been wrestling with this <clears throat> since you, you tossed it out over our text thread. The thing is, is I'm at odds within myself between how I envision myself versus like the opportunity to be the exact opposite of who I actually am. So like really like fundamentally when I like consider myself in an NBA arena, it's Steph Curry. Like I just would love the idea of shooting the half court shot, buzzer beater and have the whole crowd go insane. And I, I feel that way because like I'm only six foot. So I'm most likely in an NBA context to actually be a point guard. But how cool would it be to be like Shaq? And for me, that's actually my answer. Just because I I can't even conceive of that, right? Like, I could almost sort of, in some weird context, and I think that's why Steph is such an electric player, see myself as a Steph Curry. Obviously never going to happen, but I could see it. Whereas Shaq, like, physically impossible. Out-of-body experience. And if you did that, I would bring you to Disneyland during the Purge in a heartbeat. Thank you so much, man. That means a lot to me because I know how much you appreciate that concept. That is exactly how I roll. Connor, who would you be? This is a phenomenal question. I and I I wanted to give like a really creative answer because I just I want to be that guy, but honestly the real answer is LeBron. I mean, I I think LeBron is just the most like physically like freaky person that's ever played in the NBA and I would just love to have that. You know, just to be able to like step on an NBA court and know that you can just do whatever you want. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't even have that. Uh so I mean, it would be it would be LeBron. I'm not I at least have to say you he did have that on the whole Jordan LeBron thing but we don't we don't have to jump down that rabbit hole instead we'll just throw it over to MT MT who's your guy um I was gonna pick Shaq because I think that's a great choice um but instead if I'm just for one game and I get his skill set I pick the game in which I'm jumping over a seven footer and I'm going Vince Carter um (laughs) against Frederick Weiss yeah the idea that you're in the Olympics and you see a seven footer and you decide to jump over him is just, I would just like to, that feeling as a skill set. LeBron could do that. I, oh my goodness. I, I loved that you pulled, you made this basically being John Malkovich, like that you picked a specific moment of somebody else's life to have. So I, okay, phenomenal. Um, so the easy answer for me is Steph. Right, I mean, the, 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 I'm a Warrior fan. He's a difference maker, top five player, shots from everywhere, sexy player. But the reality is, I've spent my entire life on a basketball court shooting jumpers. It's the only thing I've ever been able to do is shoot from like 15 to to 25 feet. So. If I really wanted to go out there and have an unusual experience, I want to have the kind of athleticism that has escaped me my entire life, right? I I remember like slapping backboard and being hell of excited about that in high school. So 
I want to be somebody who's more athletic than anyone in their life. Let the record reflect on making eye contact as I say this. I want to be early Michael Jordan is who I would like to be. And I'd like that for a game. And I'd like, if, if we're picking out specific uh, circumstances, I'd like it to be against LeBron and I dunk over him and he complains and calls the league. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> as I, I'd like that entire thing to play out. And I'm rolling my eyes just just for the listener to to be aware. I'm uh, I'm just sitting here in silence, rolling my eyes. Shocking, Connor. What pick? So we we did this with West last week. Not who will they pick. What pick will the Warriors use in the 2020 draft? What number will they ultimately use when they make their selection? Um, that's an interesting question. You're you're coming with the questions that I'm. Really I got impressed. my moments, man. Um, I it probably won't be. It, it probably won't be two. Uh, despite what I said earlier. Because um, I think that there are several guys that they really like, and I think they like them all relatively equally. So, like, I could see them trading down to the 5-7 to seven range, maybe 5-8 to eight range, um, confident that they'll get a guy that they really like. And one of those guys being names I mentioned earlier, Denny, Tyrese Halliburton, Devin Vassell, I think that you can get at least one of those guys in that range. Um, and so I, I see that happening. Uh, so to be more specific, let's say five, uh, which I think is the Cavs pick. I think it is too. Um, let's open this up to all of us, but stay basketball related. A little bit fantasy though. Again, good news. Hooray. We have all inherited $10,000. Bad news. You have to immediately gamble it. So here are some questions. You tell me how you would bet it. $10,000 on the line, gentlemen. Will LaMelo Ball ever or ever average more than 10 assists in a season? I'll go first. I'll say wow. yes. If I had $10,000 $10, on his career looking forward, do I think he will average double digits in assists? Yes, I do. I, I'll, I'll say yes. Um, I think LaMelo Ball's going to have... Says a lot. I think he's going to have a couple like really good years. I'm not sure how like sustained of a career he'll have. But I could also just see him padding numbers on, like, a pretty bad team. But if he's kind of like Rajon Rondo in certain ways. Um, That's a hell of a compliment. Yeah, I, it is. And he's, like, a longer, more athletic Rajon Rondo. Um, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just – there's so many question marks. I do – yeah, but I could totally see him averaging 10 assists per game multiple seasons. I mean, I think I do think 10 assists is a lot, and that gives him a lot of credit for the type of team that he lands on. Um, the type of player that he's going to be, the longevity of his career, because I don't think that's going to happen right off of the bat. Um, I'd rather play it safe and say no. MT, where's your 10K? I'm going to go no. I think he, I think Rajon Rondo is a smart dude. I think he, he's still good. Yeah, based on his year reporting from his interview of LaMelo Ball. I don't know if he's gonna reach that same basketball IQ level, but I feel like um, Rondo definitely knows what team interviewed him at the draft. <laughs> yeah, but I just think I think his jumper is suspect enough that teams will fall back and not allow him to average ten assists. They'll make him beat him with his jump shot. Keep the mic. Will James Wiseman with ten thousand dollars on the line ever have a twenty and ten season in the league? No, I think he'll get close. I think he'll be like 18 and 8 or 18 and 9, but no, I don't think he's a 2010, definitely not a 2010 and 5 kind of player. I personally think that James Wiseman's going to be a bust. No. Wait, I, you don't I, like James Wiseman? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think he's like Mitchell Robinson. 
Um, Mitchell Robinson's a good NBA player. I think he was drafted late first round. Great value there. Not at in a top five pick. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to be this dominant big man. I've heard. I've heard Tim Duncan comparisons. No. Wow. No way. Whoa. No way. I. I don't know anything about him really. I'm going to say no because I think he's going to end up in a terrible scenario, um, or at least not a scenario that speaks to a 20 and 10 status. Right. He's not going. I don't think he's going to come to the Warriors. I believe Connor now. Um, and if he goes to another bad team. What we've heard about his skill set, let's say he goes to like Cleveland at five, even though they'll be feeding him the ball because there's nobody else there, he's taken a year off. He's not ready for a 20 and 10 season right off the bat. And his, his, those first few years when they have no other talent around him is going to be his best shot at those kind of numbers. So only because I've heard he doesn't have an elite skill set, I'm going to say no. That's really interesting because it is hard to project much farther into the future and to understand. But like, I feel like the Cavs are one of the most likely teams for him to actually hit something like a twenty and ten at any point. And again, it's, it's like it's hard for me to conceive of him coming to the Warriors and ever having us be back in a place where we're so bad that he could actually pull that off. Ten thousand dollars? No, 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 no. I'm no, no chance. Um, Connor. Devin Vassell, who we've heard a lot about. Yeah. More recently, we've seen a video that put his status a little bit in question. It showed him shooting jumpers from about 30 feet out, and he's changed his shooting form, which caused some social media concern. But my question isn't about his shooting form. My question to you is why this. Why does he need to? He shot so well. That's exactly what everybody was saying, and they questioned his trainer, and now there's some concerns about perhaps his confidence. But let me ask you this. Will Devin Vassell ever make an NBA All-Star game? $10,000 on the line? What's your gamble? No. No. Uh, We're talking about picking this guy up in the, in the top 10 pick and he doesn't make an all-star game at any point? I mean, there's so many top 10 picks that yeah. don't make all-star games. The majority of them actually don't make all-star games. He is, uh, look, I think he's going to be a really good 3 and D guy in the NBA. Um, I think he's, he, but that skill set, generally speaking, doesn't get you to all-star games very much. He, he, he doesn't, he can't create his own shot. At least he hasn't proven it yet. Maybe he can surprise us. I think it's possible, but we haven't seen it yet. So that being said, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced he has that type of ceiling. To me, he's like a super high floor guy. Um, I think you, if the Warriors ended up drafting him, let's say like mid lottery, I think he can come in. He can be your seventh day guy from day one. Be a real centerpiece of the defense. Super helpful. Never going to be an all star probably. Boys, hold on this one and stay to answer this one for me. $10,000 on the line. I'm going to give you three players' names. You're going to tell me who wins the next title of these three players. All right? Again, 10K. The names are Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, LeBron James. Who do you pick? Wow. It's honestly hard to bet against the defending champions at this point. I think the Lakers exceeded all of our expectations. Ron, ten thousand. We're talking real money here. I mean, like real. You know, like I, I understand it's hard to put ourselves into that mindset because we don't have ten thousand dollars suddenly to burn. But if if you you know do your best uh, pretending exercise, real money that made a real difference. Would you put it down on LeBron? No, because okay. So here's the thing. I feel like you know he he's what he's thirty six right now. Is that right? Okay, look. 37, right? How, yeah, how many players, like Vince Carter is 40 in his last season, yep. and that dude looked old, let's admit it. He Absolutely looked right. old. So it doesn't matter how great LeBron is, eventually he's going to be going into his sunset. Okay. So if he doesn't hit it next year, I'm not convinced that he's got another one in him. 
I'm not super convinced that the Lakers in a regular season are going to be able to pull it off against teams at full strength. So who's your guy? You're all over the place here. This is a homer take, but I'm going to say Steph. (laughs) MT, where's your 10K? Uh, Yeah, uh, LeBron is 35. He turns 36 at the end of the year. Um, I'm going to go Steph as well, but it's because... Um, I don't have faith in I have faith in LeBron staying healthy and just defying the odds. I don't have faith in Anthony Davis having a fully healthy season. I still think he's a little too injury prone. I think the kind of the stars align for them um, this season. I mean that everybody was saying Lakers Clippers and you know so I don't think it was too much of a surprise in that state. But I just don't the Lakers after LeBron and AD, the talent falls off pretty quickly. And I think Steph, Clay, Draymond have a season of, you know, extra tread on their tires from not playing this last one. And I think that catches up with the Lakers. And I think Steph gets another one. Um, it's an interesting question. Um, it's like you should be a journalist or something. Bro. Uh, I, <laughs> I, would, fire over here. I would say that I'm going to say LeBron just because he's on the best team. Um, I'm not convinced that Kevin Durant's ever going to win another championship and honestly the Warriors and I know Warriors fans hate to hear this so many things need to go right for the Warriors to win another title in this window like so many things have to go their way um, right now the Lakers are a much better team um, if, the War- if the Warriors do everything right in free agency they'll put themselves in a position to contend with the Lakers and, and that's all contend um, but I, I think I think I'm gonna go LeBron for that reason. You guys missed out on some excellent handwork from Connor right there. When when he dropped that contend in the end, he put his hand up like a politician, which was phenomenal and really hammered home the point. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, really did really hammered home the point. Didn't work for me though. I'm gonna go ahead and say it didn't work for me. And uh, Maxime was just shaking. His no, head. he didn't work for Maxime either. And I hope it didn't <laughs> work for the audience, even though they didn't see it. Um, what I'll say is, of the things that I have to believe will happen. I believe that the Warriors reality is the one that uh, is the most likely. Uh, at some point, Father Time actually comes calling for LeBron. At some point. But to borrow a phrase from Marcus, I don't have to worry about that because Anthony Davis is going to get hurt first. All right. When it comes to KD, that is, that's a, a talent-laden team. But do I believe those two personalities can get together without some bullshit? throwing them off course, especially now that apparently they're planning on having a coaching by committee. It can happen, but I'm not holding my breath. I, I know that there's a lot of open questions. This is as Homer um, as it can be. But if Steph and Clay and Draymond and Wiggins are 75% of the players we think that they are, and the Warriors don't completely shit the bed in this offseason and make some good decisions both with the draft and in free agency, I do believe that those things can gel in a place to put them in a championship um, position. And we'll see. You know, I'm wrong multiple times, so I could very easily be wrong here. We will see. Gentlemen, final question, and it's back to being ridiculous. Let's call this one the Thanos. So... The entire NBA world somehow has been bestowed with superpowers. We are talking like comic book powers. They can do anything they want. My question to you is, if they did that, if NBA players suddenly had superpowers, which of the NBA players or NBA players would use their superpowers for bad, for good 
reasons, right? Thanos in the Marvel story has superpowers, thinks the world is overpopulated, and tries to kill off half the world's population to help out the actual Mother Earth. Good idea, bad execution. To give you guys some time to think, this one's easy for me. It is hook, line, and sinker, Kyrie Irving. That dude overthinks everything, dude. If you gave him any superpower, whatever it was, let's say you gave him the power to like stop time, he'd stop time to prove to everybody that the world was fucking flat. And it just, he'd never be able to do that. We would all die in our stop state. So it is, it's Kyrie for me, and it's not close. What do you think, Maxim? Well, so first of all, what I think is, I think it's unbelievable. Like, this is the one where, like, we have movies that continue to pronounce it Thanos, and yet you're giving us this <laughs> long <you>. A. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm sorry. Welcome back to How You Pronounce Things with Bram Marcus and Maxime. Who gives a sh? Just give me the player. I can't believe this, man. Carl Malone would have nailed it. <laughs> In a weird-ass accent, and he would have said Yanis immediately. F you both. Uh, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler because here's what's going to happen. He's going to get really overzealous. It's about pronounced this. Butler. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, because what he's going to do is he's going to get overzealous about his coffee endeavor that he's already charging $30 for. He's going to buy up hell of, right? He's going to be all about trying to support, you know, direct from farmers situations. And he's going to buy up a bunch of great coffee and then charge people exorbitant prices for it and, and inadvertently kill the entire coffee industry, which actually supports a lot of farmers in both South America and Africa. So it's going to be a really bad situation. He's using his superpowers to buy too many coffee beans. Just saying, that's what's going to happen. He overthinks. I'm, I'm not saying it's literally what's going to happen. I'm saying he's clearly overthinking it in reality, so just wait for him to get superpowers. Marcus, save us. What's your answer? <laughs> Pressure. Um, I'm going to go with the player who will call you out for the integrity of the game if your jersey is not tucked in, and that is Chris Paul. Chris, Chris Paul, if you sure that's how you want to pronounce. That's right. It, right? No, that's that's exactly um, how he says it. Yeah, um, I just think he's he, he, between his flopping and him trying to call out the rule book in any other way to get you know an advantage for his team. It's like the right intentions of keeping the game the way it's supposed to be, but it just ends up bad and it just makes it unwatchable. So um, yeah, he's he's definitely my my Thanos. Excuse me, Thanos. I like that response. Let me, before we hear Connors, ask him a couple of follow-up questions here. Connor, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you do not like comic book movies. Am I right about that? Accurate. Okay, yeah, because I'm going to also guess that you have no interest in answering this question because his body language has screamed, I do not give a shit about this question over the last 30 seconds. Maxime, am I right about that? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my God, he's like shaking his head slowly, the like scratching board. It's awful. It's awful. He's, no one's ever no, shown less I have less a good interest. answer, though. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, Kevin Durant. That's a good answer. Okay. Uh, and Kevin Durant, it will be to read the minds of all his critics and use it as fuel for his rise into villaindom. Um, that that is Kevin Durant. God damn, you did have a good answer. Why did you yeah, hate the question so much? And you would be like fuel for him because you know. Oh no, I. D- d- I don't every- know if you guys knew this, but he's he's talked about. Where's Where's Huddle? So hold on, what? Yeah, I think we all know that every time we say the words Kevin Durant, all of us are immediately and secretly thinking about that exact interaction. No question, boys, huge fun. 
really, really enjoy doing this. True every week, certainly true this week. Connor, for everyone else who is exactly like me and has just poured beer all over your table, but also would like to hear more of your takes, where should they go? Uh, follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron. Uh, read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com. And I also have my own podcast, Where is Off Court? Bram actually came on today. That'll be up tomorrow morning. Uh, so uh, Friday morning. Um, so check that out. Great episode. Great podcast. You know how I feel about Connor's work. If you want to support us, talk to us, help us, anything with us, here's how you can do it. Our email account remains warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at warriorshuddle. You want to hook us up on Patreon, hop up on Patreon, look up warriorshuddle. And finally, we got shirts. They're kind of nice. I'm actually on board. I'm getting one. I'm on board for these shirts. And if you'd like to buy one, hit up Public T-E-E. P-U-B-L-I-C, look up Warriors Huddle. And really, even better news is that every single dollar that we receive from the shirt purchases is going towards the victims of California wildfire. So uh, we're doing our best. Yo, can I just say, it's not even just shirts. I got myself a hoodless sweatshirt <laughs> that I think is pretty fire. They got magnets, oh, all kinds a crew of net sweatshirt? Yeah, yo. That's what those are called. Hoodless <laughs> 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 sweatshirt. <laughs> And we've reached the best possible portion of this podcast. So for me and all the hoodless sweatshirt wearers out there, go Warriors. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.